podcast listeners, welcome to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast, the podcast where two youth group leaders try to figure out how to do youth group better. My name is Chris Morphew, I'm an author, youth group leader and school chaplain here in Sydney, Australia, and as always, joining me from Melbourne is author, speaker, and youth leader, Tom French. How you doing, Tom? I am well. Thank you, Chris. How are you? I'm doing very well. I, uh, I mean... It's a birthday party, Tom. How could I not be doing well? Happy 20th birthday. Oh, 20? So old. That's amazing. That's right. I, uh, I remember when I was 20, I was... Hold on, what was I doing? I just started a job in a, in a new church, my second ever youth ministry job. I was a young 20-year-old. Was... I was powerfully reminded today that I am no longer 20. Um <laughs> Kindergarten at my school has been doing this thing where Zero the Hero comes to visit every time they've been at school for a number of days ending in Zero. And don't tell anyone, but Zero the Hero is me dressed up. Um, and today was day 80 and we celebrated. I, now, I was under the impression when I signed up for this job that it was mostly raising awareness of place value and the numeral Zero. But yeah. Zero the Hero has kind of expanded his range recently. And today we did 80 exercises for 80 days at school. And what? that was when I realized that I am closer to, oh, I'm not closer to 80 than I am to 20, but I sure feel closer to 80 than I do to 20. So there you go. Uh, 80, ex- that's a lot of exercises. Well, it was like eight groups of 10 because that was the maths component. We were still okay, learning right. that you can make 80 with eight groups of 10. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it was one group group of 10 jumping jacks and one uh, group of... Star, jumping jacks? Yeah. Star jumps? Star jumps. Star jumps. The person leading the exercises referred to them as jumping jacks. Well, um, that doesn't sound feel appropriate for this country that we live in. Mm, well, sorry, I was, I was just the guy <laughs> dressed up in a superhero costume, and I think my superhero voice is vaguely American sounding. So maybe it was just, <laughs> I was so deep into method acting that I was changing up the vocab. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, Tom, before we started recording, you told me that you had something to apologize for. Oh, yes. Yeah, my, uh, my wife brought to my attention that I said on the podcast last week that cough medicines don't work. And she wants me to make it clear that they do work. And she's had them, and they've worked. They just don't work for chesty coughs, just for throaty coughs. Yeah. Well, so I apologize to all the cough medicine creators and to my wife who feels a deep affinity with cough medicine. Um, I was going to say apology accepted, but I'm neither of those, <laughs> so never no, mind. You, you um, but yeah. noted, yeah. and I would like to reopen the doors for a cop syrup a cough syrup sponsorship because <laughs> as long as it's um, not a chesty cough, we don't want, we don't want none of their sponsorship. All right. That yeah. is, that is a good point. We want to, we want to <laughs> have a pro actual working medicine stance on this podcast, pro science, <laughs> pro medicine, anti yeah. scams. And, and, and if my wife says it, then it's scientifically correct. I just agree with my wife. So, um, now, before we go any further, sorry to abruptly change the subject, but I forgot <laughs> to tell you, we have an exciting interactive game in the podcast today. What? You can play, Tom. 
And the listeners can play along at home. Yeah, what is it? And here is the aim of the game. Um, there is a we are recording within the hour between four thirty and five thirty. Mm. And the other thing that's happening within the hour of four thirty to five thirty is a Coles delivery is due to arrive at my house. <laughs> and so for Tom, the yeah. game is can we maintain a smooth, unbroken podcast if and when the groceries arrive. And for mm. the listeners at home, the game is called Did the Groceries Arrive? <laughs> it didn't seem like they did because yeah. Tom was winning his game. Yeah, but okay. was it because the delivery didn't come on time or was it because Tom and I were just such smooth podcast operators <laughs> that uh, we made it just seamless? So people should write in with... a. Uh the timestamp for when they think the delivery arrived. Yeah. And if you get the exact timestamp right to the second, nah, to the nearest 10 seconds, I'm going to say, if you do that, I'll give you a free copy of one of my books. That's fantastic. The yeah. game, we're going to call this game Grocery or No Sorry. <laughs> Because I think you should also be able to email in and say, I don't think the groceries came at all. Oh, yeah, but you don't win anything for that because there's no time stamp. That's 50-50. Yeah, yeah. I want want within the nearest 10 seconds to the groceries arriving. Well, this has really raised the stakes of the podcast. And speaking of... The first person, only the first person, though. Did I say the first person? I don't want to give away 30 books for a terrible job. Yeah. Yeah. All right, great. Um, I do have one other exciting announcement, and that is, as you may have heard, if it didn't blend seamlessly into the intro music at the beginning of this podcast, um, as promised, Tom, I think I only told you on air. Did I tell you on air what the solution was to my to your innuendo <laughs> filter problems, or just that I had one? I actually cannot remember. I can't I remember. Well, I didn't listen back to last week's uh, episode, so I don't no. know. Well, what's the I'm solution? Sure it was great. The solution is this beautiful call bell. And didn't I tell you oh. it was going to be beautifully decorated? Look yeah, at that. Yeah, people who can't can't see this podcast, uh, it's a bell with uh, flower flower decorations on on it on the belly. This is the, the bit that goes ding. Cheapest it's, call bell yeah. that Amazon had to offer. Yeah, um, and for those looks, of you who haven't, mm, sorry, oh, sorry, go I was, ahead. I was just going to say it, it looks kind of like if. Uh, your grandmother ran an Airbnb. This she would have that service bell. Yeah, yeah. That's no, well, just a B and B, not an Airbnb. Because who has service bells for Airbnbs? Yeah. Sorry, a bed and breakfast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those. Old um, ones. Well, I'll put a photo of that um, on my Instagram as well. <laughs> Link in the show notes. Such quality content on my Instagram. Dark hats, floral call bells. Anyway, the point of it is, rather than um, yelling in everyone's ears, Mm. um, Ruth did say appreciated the public apology, no need to fear I did not crash, but we don't want to risk it. Um, So unless anyone, unless Pavlov's dogs are listening, I think we should be all fine. No, also, also, I don't know, this never happened to me in Sydney because no one rides bikes, but now that I live in Melbourne where everyone seems to ride a bike, people regularly ring bells behind me when I'm walking along to let me know they're about to pass. 
So if you're listening to this and you're walking around and people are riding bikes, you might think, yeah. Yeah. On your right. Or Anyway. Well, window. that'll just make them extra careful about yeah, yeah. what might it, be going on on their right. You, yeah, you're not going to be like, you know, you're going to be less likely to crash. Uh, yeah. Whatever happens. Anyway, so this is our flawless new innuendo filter. So whenever Tom threatens to <laughs> breach the filter, rather than I'm just screaming to uncontrollably, and, try and test I'm it going and to. Well, like, for example, you remember on AI night when one of the prompts was um, against all of my training uh, involving a banana. <laughs> yeah. Well, for instance. Yeah, there you go. and that no, I'm not going to tell pretty, you what happened. That's pretty. That's er- pretty early on. Like it's not like you didn't you didn't let me even start to say something innuendo-ish about a banana. Well, we want to avoid even the slightest appearance of innuendos here. We want to stay all the way out, innuendo. <laughs> anyway, Tom, we're in our tenth minute of our fifteen to thirty minute podcast about youth group. We haven't talked about youth group. <laughs> Well, I didn't um, go to do you. You want to talk group. about youth group? You didn't even go. What are we doing here? Yeah, I just, I just didn't, I, I, I didn't go to youth group because we had a week off. So, tell me about your youth group, Chris. Um, well, it was uh, escape room night, and escape room night was not a um, one to two star night according to the youth it was more in the four to five star direction Ooh, so um, I we were halfway through solving it and one of the, the youth came. looked up at me and said this is actually really good Chris <laughs> you undersold it so there you go that's what you want to hear you want a tone of surprise and someone saying you did a good job yeah um, so great. We um, couldn't do an actual escape room because they're built for like four to six people and we had 20-something at youth group on Friday night. That's and so they cool. were basically escape tables. Um, and so I set up four identical um, like puzzle situations inside the one room and they were each at a table. And so they had to like crack the codes and that would give them a code to open the padlock, which would open the bag. And inside the bag was another thing that was locked and et cetera. Um, and they had to get all the way to the end of it. And the first group who did won a prize and it was a big tub of lollies, which they demolished in like, <laughs> like, Time that even after all my years in youth ministry shocked me just how quickly they ate through, I think, half a kilo of gummy things. Oh, gummies. Great job. Um, Um, Impressive. Anyway, it went well. Um, My favorite clues were um, there was a hairbrush that I found on Amazon that had like a secret compartment inside. And what? so they had to like open up the end of it. Like it just seemed like a regular hairbrush and they had to open it up and inside there was the key to something. So that that's, was re- that's really cool. The other one that I found on a um, list of like ideas for escape rooms on the cheap online was um, just a padlock around a pair of scissors because they get the pair of scissors and they're like, oh, we've got to open this to do something. And so they had to 
wait and then find the key. And so that it's all about building suspense, tension mm. and release is what I have learned about escape room design. And then the thing that they had to cut out was all through the thing they were getting um, like laminated pictures and somewhere in the pictures was like a bit of a QR code that was laminated oh, so nice. they couldn't just tear them up. And so they needed the scissors and they had to cut out the QR codes and put them all together. And that's good. Then scan the thing, which turned out to be really hard to like, it was a bit more fiddly than I thought. And so I think one group would have won, except someone with like not the most careful hands cut out the <laughs> QR codes and they just tanked the whole team. So bad luck team. I, so, um, I once was not very good at cutting when I was in primary school, like it, like in kindergarten, and they they brought in a uh, a parent helper to help me to cut a circle because I wasn't very oh. good at it. And then and then I didn't. I kind of half repeated kindergarten, and I was always sure that it was because I couldn't cut a circle out. It was the only kind of time in my memory of learning that I thought I didn't do that well then, so that must be that. So that's what I held on to for most of my time as I half repeated kindergarten. There you go. There's a Isn't that childhood trauma. Funny the things that you <laughs> hold on to. Like every now and then, still as an adult, I will have a moment where I'm like, oh, I only believe that because someone told me that when I was seven. <laughs> and as an adult, I know I tell seven-year-olds all kinds of things that are like, not misleading or anything, but just like I'm just giving them the quick answer because we've got to like line up and do the thing. Mm. But you never know the thing that a child is going to latch onto and be confused about why they thought that was the whole story when they're 35. Anyway, I, I was um, I was thinking about that just the other day um, because I regularly do tell young people things which are untrue. But I think it's very clear that I'm making a joke, and I tell. But I, I'm too dry, and so they think it's real, and then they'll come back and say, "Oh, is isn't like, weren't you adopted, Tom?" And I was like, "No. Why would you think that?" I said, like, "Well, you said that the other like, like last year." I was like, "Did I?" Oh, yeah, probably. I was just making a joke. And they're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so mm. I don't. I think there's a lot of things that I might have said which people believe. Uh, or they think I'm just a terrible liar. And I just thought I was making a funny joke. So now we're off the subject of whatever we were talking about. <laughs> Your 13 years ago, while we're here, 13 <laughs> years ago at the school where I now teach, I was doing a casual day and I like knew the school pretty well by that point. I've been a casual there for years. And um, they announced the new principal was coming in. And um, the kids, I was on a year two class. And the girls were like, is he going to change the uniform? Because that was like when you're in year two, that's the big thing that a principal might do apparently. And I was like, no, well, yes and no. The the uniform is going to stay the same except the like regular hat is going to be replaced with like a pirate hat. And so we're all <laughs> going to wear pirate hats in the playground. And I was believed by the majority of the class. <laughs> um, but I registered that they had believed me and was able to be like, no, guys, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> there is that um, that danger is always there. Anyway, <laughs> how good's youth group? That's what we're doing a podcast <laughs> about. 
Um, yeah, the other thing is. that happened at youth group was that we had, um, speaking of things that make me feel old, a, um, a talk about, it wasn't about 9-11, but 9-11 was the way in. It was about um, how The government Jesus did has, it. Oh, right. No, sorry. Well, we didn't go there. Um, but it was about how, like it was about the firefighters in 9-11 and about basically how we um, are helpless and in need of a rescue and how Jesus came to our rescue was the yeah. point. Um, but it was wild to me that none of the youth were born when that happened. Yeah. And so we got to small groups and they were like, so why was it such a big deal? Like, why was like, not why was it such a big deal that, um, you know, thousands of people died, but like, why was it, like, why did it change the world the way that it did? Yeah. So it's just really interesting realizing that I've become the generation that has stories to tell. Like, the way that I think about, like, the Vietnam War or something yeah. Yeah. is the way that these kids think about 9-11. And it just, anyway, young people keep you young and make you feel <laughs> very, very old at the same time um, was my reflection. Yeah. So... Is there it, you go. I'm trying to think if there was anything that really was like, here's a tip for youth leaders out there who are <laughs> listening. Here are my reflections. And I think my only reflection, like the talk was a, a good solid talk. And so my reflection on the talk is preach the gospel because the gospel's great news mm. um, because we are helpless and in need of a rescue, but Jesus has come to our rescue and that's awesome. Um, and I think I just reflected that, like, no matter how many times I hear the good news of Jesus, when I actually lean in and listen to it told again, I'm like, man, it's really good. We should, like, keep on doing youth groups so we can keep on telling people about how great Jesus is. And the other thing I learned is, or that I was reflecting on in terms of the activity, was um, just that there are times when it's worth putting in a lot of effort to do an activity that's really fun and that the youth really enjoy because the escape room as predicted sucked up so many hours of my oh, week man. last week it sounds enormous but <laughs> it was so worth it because it had a like it was high effort strong positive response yeah and I've done low effort, low response, and that's all right. I've done low effort, high response, and that's awesome. I've done high effort, low response, which is disappointing. <laughs> but high effort, high response isn't worth doing every week, but it is worth doing sometimes. And so yeah. even though it was a headache, I'm glad I did it. Great. So there you go. Do do that. It could, um, like, do you have resources that people could grab off you if they wanted to run? escape tables um, i was thinking about this it's very i could i think i would have to like sit down and spend another hour or two writing <laughs> it up in a way that would be scrutable to anybody else uh, yeah that makes um, sense so maybe not but if you would like some like general tips on running an escape room maybe i can if anyone cares to email i can, can share can. some more tips you can uh, we can have that for our Patreon 
subscribers, we can run a special session for him. Great. Imagine if we had a Patreon. We could be earning like $3 a month each. <laughs> that would I, w- I would spend that on something, probably. No, probably. Just... Oh, speaking of. Yeah. You haven't heard about any more of where your youth have spent their spent money, the money. Have you? No, I haven't. Because we didn't have a youth group. I haven't heard. I know there was, so there was one, one boy who wasn't at youth group that week. And so we gave him the money the following week. And when he got the money, he's like, oh, no, you're going to give me the money. I don't want the money. Now I have to figure out how I'm going to spend it. And so mm. he was disappointed to receive $20. <laughs> um, yep. So now that's all I've heard, really. It's been real quiet because I've not been <laughs> – not been around can i can i go back though i want to go back to the 9-11 illustration yeah. um when you're doing a talk to youth um so this is like i don't want to talk about the 9-11 illustration in particular but when you're doing a talk to youth and you're thinking about illustrations what is the process you go through to decide on what an illustration is that you can use that will that will make sense to the youth so like uh, like doing a 9/11 illustration to for a bunch of young people who don't who weren't alive when that mm. happened like that's a particular choice that you make like um if someone was to do an illustration for my you know youth group that I would attend about the Vietnam war like you said um so there's as opposed to doing illustration about something like if you did a covid illustration they were all there. They understood that. Or you do an illustration about um, if we're talking about, say, rescue, say, if I saw someone, uh, you know, jump in a pool to rescue their kid who fell in the pool, like that's a lot less dramatic. How, how do you how do you make those decisions about what is an illustration that's worth doing as it's further detached from the life of the young people. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, because there's kind of two different kinds, right? There's like the kind of illustration where it's instantly relatable and it's like you go, oh, it's kind of like this. And like, oh, yeah, I get that. And so now mm. I get the thing that you're talking about. And then there's the kind where you like you tell them a story they've never heard before or you like it's not you're not relating it to their experience. You're like relating it to your experience or to some other it's not a like, so you know what that's like kind of thing. It's more like yeah. you are doing that extra legwork to explain a thing so that, and you hope the payoff is worth it at the other end. And I think yeah. with this um, September 11 one, it was because they vaguely heard of it mm. and they were, but they were really kind of like absorbed. They were kind of, I think, quite interested in the event. Yep. And the core of it, of like firefighters rescuing people, that um, was relatable. And the rest of it was like just, it was extra vivid because it was this kind of big sort of dramatic event. Yeah. And like it was grounded in not just, like I think specificity is good. Like I think that... um, saying you know firefighters rescue people well jesus rescued us like (laughs) saying here's a photo of a firefighter here's the scene where it happened like i think that kind of 
storytelling I think is is good I tend to at um at school in particular lean into illustrations that are part of like that are connected to the part of my life that the kids know about at school Mm -hmm. so like for instance um I was talking about the idea that you know we have to take god as he is not how not as we would like him to be like everyone can have their ideas about god but if there really is a god then he kind of gets to determine who he is and so the illustration that i used is i might like to think that our principal is like a cute little bunny with long fluffy ears and (laughs) and soft white fur but if i go up to his office and shove a carrot in his mouth and pat him on the head and say they're there nice bunny that's going to have consequences for me because (laughs) he's not a nice bunny. He's my boss. Uh, And that works partly like it is engaging because they know the person that I'm talking Mm. about. And so I feel like that's good, but I do think there's a way to, I'm trying to think of a time that I've used a more kind of, um, yeah, un- related one i don't know do you have any that that you think are kind of relevant to that yeah so like i think about like how connected uh, like how connected the illustration is to me and how connected it is to the young people uh and also how big the illustration is so um if i was to do like say september 11 that happened in 2001 if i was to do an illustration from 2001 uh it'd have to be pretty big like i wouldn't talk about you know in 2001 there was once a guy uh who you know started napster and uh i probably wouldn't spend my time talking about now i don't know if napster did start in 2001 but let's say that napster did start in 2001 i'm not gonna be talking about napster that much uh, really, because young people are not going, oh, yeah, that's, that's not that exciting. Like, it's not dramatic to be like, and then people downloaded music and then mm. it just, and the music industry changed. And now we've got Spotify. Congratulations. Like, like maybe that's interesting. It's not that engaging, but saying, oh, there was this giant terrorist attack. Um, and like, the further back you go, the bigger the illustration has to be. So, like, World War II continues to be a useful kind of illustration, even though everyone who's doing them these days uh, has uh, uh, almost definitely had little to no experience of World War II. Um, Mm. But it's still a powerful illustration because it's such a huge event and it lives in our collective consciousness. Um, And then, but then the illustrations that work, the really small ones work when they're really close and really personal. So if I was to do an illustration about, uh, something that happened to me today, mm. um, then it then it can be really tiny, but because it happened today, then it's useful. Um, and if it's something that's a shared experience that they had, so like if today I had an issue, um, you know, with connecting to the internet because the Wi-Fi wasn't working and I had to, you know, reset my Wi-Fi router three times, and that was very annoying. It didn't happen, but if that's my illustration, young people are going to be like, I understand that. That's gone yeah. on with me. That it's not that interesting. I'm not going to talk about that in five years. You know, remember that time five years ago, my Wi-Fi didn't work, but it does work if it happened really recently and it can engage. So that's, that's kind of one of some of the things that I'm thinking about. Mm. Yeah. There's a um, 
pastor that I listen to online quite a lot, John Tyson. Um, he's an Aussie guy, but he um, has a church over in New York. And very frequently he will use art in his, like he will put up an artwork, which is frustrating as a podcast listener, but he mm. will um, use artworks in his sermon to connect to a point. And I think that's really interesting because you're introducing the people to a work of art they've probably never seen before, but then using that to illustrate a point. And I think, I mean, maybe that's kind of different because um, I guess the thinking is that the artwork, like that art touches a part of um, your, like, it, like it connects in a, on a different level that just information does. Yeah. Um, and so, but I guess maybe that's kind of illustrative of the whole thing because I think story does that as well. And so I think that actually one of the best things that we can do as people who are trying to communicate the gospel is um, in terms of just like the, the forms of our presentation is not just to choose our illustrations carefully, to choose our stories carefully, but to tell them well. And I think mm. one of the real, like one of the great strengths of your preaching, Tom, is that you don't just pick stories well, you tell them well, you tell them in a way that's engaging and that's not afraid to like spend the time to tell the story fully and to tell the story well. There's a great book called Story Worthy by, it's not by a, a Christian author, but it's by a guy who does like um, public storytelling slams um, or <laughs> like it's like these storytelling things where people come in and they tell like crafted stories. Story Worthy by Matthew Dix is the book. Story with him. Um, yeah. Every time I is. hear the word slam, I just think of wrestling. And so a poetry slam or a storytelling slam, just I'm just thinking about wrestlers yeah. and poetry together. But story story worthy by who? Uh Matthew Dix. Matthew Dix. All right. Maybe I'll check it out. Hmm. Anyway, um, we are now up to 31 minutes into our 30-minute <laughs> podcast. So real quick, what are you doing at Youth Group next week, Tom? Uh, we are talking about sex. This is the week when oh, that's right. Big Kids Table is coming to see us and they are going to talk about sex with our young people. So that's going to be fun. What about you, Chris? What are you doing? Well, I can tell you my hand was hovering over the bell for those last few sentences <laughs> and... No need. Um, we are doing the final part of um, our kind of overview of the Bible series. So we're going to talk about the new creation. Um, and so I am excited for that. And we are doing fact or fiction night, which is kind of trivia, but there's a little bit. It's a I'll tell you more about it next week, but it's um, it is. Yeah, trivia adjacent. Great. Um, one one thing that I'm thinking about in um, in the holidays, if you're interested and if you think other people are interested, like we've got a few weeks where we're not actually doing a regular what did you do last week, what are you doing this week kind of podcast. I have that I kind of keep mentioning about like a dozen kind of activity archetypes that I keep coming back to. Um, and I wonder whether it's worth, we have a few times entertained the idea of doing um, a share your best activities kind yeah. of 
episode. So I, I don't know. Keen to do that sometime if that feels like a thing that's worth doing. Feels, when feels you're letting us me. know whether it was grocery or no siree, you can let us know as well at Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast at gmail.com whether or not we should oh, do that. I started the music. I didn't mean to, but. Well, I guess that's the end. I guess that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, well, thanks for listening. Um, did the groceries come? You'll never know. Well, you'll know next week when we tell you. Tune in next week to find out. In the meantime, go to tomfrench.com.au to find out more about Tom and his wonderful ways. And chrismoffy.com. Nailed it again. <laughs>